Hello, listeners of the ASI Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. This is episode 11 of season 2. podcast for you. Dragon Olymp. It's Good Friday. That's some Good Friday music right there. Did Jesus drag the dead? Did he drag a limp? Absolutely. All right. This is what we celebrate on 
Good Friday. Wanted to talk a little bit about that. Also wanted to talk about this word revelation. You know, I didn't really get that word. I didn't understand it. You know, as a younger man, I just thought that, you know, it meant, well, stuff's revealed to you. That's it. Hey, I had a revelation and I, I had an epiphany or uh, I don't know. That's kind of yeah, had a little bit of a shallow uh, way of interpreting that word I, I had. Um, or the book of Revelations in the Bible, I figured, was, you know, that's the book about the end of the world. You know, that's the book that they make scary movies and, and they point back to verses in Revelations, you know. Or, you know, there's some psychopath murdering people, religious guy, and he's doing it because of Revelation. You know, there's that. Or there's, back in the 80s, you had the metal bands that would use, you know, Revelations in, in their songs, like 666 and Iron Maiden and... Metallica's song, The Four Horsemen, you know, it's Revelations chapter 6, The Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, um, right, it's just kind of a, a revelation, okay, that's that's great, uh, I, I, I get it, I think, you know. Pray for me, keep me in your prayers, I just, this week has been really, really tough, and my business is, is, is having a hard time. I have some legal issues with my business now, my pizza catering business, and it's just a real tough time. So some some seals have been opened, and uh, life is difficult right now. So, yeah, yeah, keep me in your prayers, you know. I did that show last, uh, last episode was on gratitude, and it was like, all right, Russ, you're still going to be grateful if... Boom, this happens. It was like one of those Job kind of moments, you know. Like, you're still going to be grateful now? Boom. Oh, dude. All right. You know. You're still going to praise me. You're still going to worship me when life is hard. You know. When life gets strenuous. When the stresses break the... The, the red mark on the meter, right? I may be out of a job, man. So pray for me, and, and I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to keep pressing into him, and I'm going to keep running towards him in refuge as I walk through this difficult time. Uh, Jesus was tempted like we are, you know? It's something I, I think about and I pray about, realizing that God know some of our pain, and that's what I want to talk about, that's what I recorded this morning, um, he's not distant, you know, he's not far away, he was tempted, he was tempted in every way that we are, yet without sin, Jesus didn't sin, well, does, does that mean that Jesus just did everything perfectly all the time, and walked around in this, you know, glorified little halo around him, like everything was just peachy? always with Jesus, just Mr. Perfect walking around all clean and no, man, no, that's what Good Friday is about. So here, here's some stuff I recorded the, this morning. I'm going to put it up as soon as I can with what, with what I'm going through right now. It's tough carving out time, but uh, whenever you're hearing this, Whenever in the realm of time, and, and whoever you are in your identity, in this moment that you're hearing it, I just I just pray that you have a an open mind 
to, to what I'm about to talk about here. Here you go. That band is called Affliction Asylum. The song is Dragging a Limp. Uh, today is Good Friday. It's a day when uh, Christians recognize uh, the crucifixion of Christ. And listen, before I really get into the the Good Friday uh, emotional message of Easter, you know, that really the premise, all right, the, the salt that I want to, you know, put on your lips to get you thirsty a little bit, right, is understanding faith, understanding that God is delivering us through something for his purposes, right, that there is purpose and meaning to our lives, and that as we go through some of the toughest situations in our lives, these are defining moments, these are big, flashing, right, neon, uh, defining moments in our lives. How we handle tough situations. And God demonstrates it right here, you know. There's Matthew uh, 26, 27, you know, the, the, the crucifixion story. It's, it's, it's not existentialism, all right? This kind of, you know, success-driven, yeah, be a winner, yeah, there's purpose and meaning, and, you know, some of that is just superficial, narcissistic, you know, get the prize, which is here on this earth, and it's about me, and it doesn't make you happy long-term, you know? Even if you achieve that, there's a lot of very wealthy, successful, unhappy people, right? There's a prize that's deeper. There's a prize that's more important. There's a a right a, a heart condition that has you walking in joy, and that's what I want to talk about today. It, it, it's a tough message. At the you know Palm Sunday was last Sunday, and the reason they call it Palm Sunday is because when Jesus comes into Jerusalem on a donkey as prophesied, you know, like hundreds of years before it happened. This this is a piece of history being seen and known as it's happening. And and he comes into town, and at this point, because of the miracles... And, and can I say something about the miracles for, for just a moment? Um, Jesus wasn't just a good teacher, all right? He wasn't just a guy who, who got some notoriety and, and he said some really cool uh, stuff and a wise teacher and that's why we worship him. No. There's a ton of historical data on the miracles. And because of the miracles and what he said and who he was, he became famous in his day. People were putting palm branches down on the ground as he's riding into Jerusalem, like like he's a rock star, right? This is Palm Sunday. And I remember hearing about, you know, rock star Jesus or famous Jesus or greatly adored by his people, Jesus, you know? And I remember having a hard time relating to that. I mean, I'll just be honest, you know, I'm a kid in Sunday school and, and I have, I'm a bit of a thinker at the time, right? We didn't go to church every Sunday. We went to church 
fairly rarely, to be honest with you. We, it was my grandma's kind of deal and my mom would go and, and yeah, my mom was a Christian, but we didn't, we weren't church attenders every Sunday. But again, when we went, it was, you know, it was always happy stories, you know, it was like the church didn't want to make people feel bad or something. I don't know whether I was in, you know, I I didn't really get too much of the sermons as a kid, but being in Sunday school, it was just nice, shiny, you know, Jesus. I didn't hear about this story of Good Friday, you know, I didn't hear about the, the God who who comes as a on a rescue mission because he loves us and then and then he's beaten he's he's mocked he's tortured he's right scourged bruised spit upon stripped naked before everybody tortured and murdered I didn't hear about that Jesus I, 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 th- that part was never revealed to me growing up and, and it, it, it didn't make sense my suffering in my life like it, I always thought that a lot of my suffering was because I brought it on myself you know this kind of Christian survival of the fittest attitude so to speak right like I must have brought this on myself and then I started to, to realize as, as I got older and, and it's funny um going through recovery, how God revealed himself to me, you know, when I wanted to know him, when I, when I started to want to know him, right? Like there's, there's seasons in life where it's, it's hurts, man. It's hard. Jesus walked in some of the things that we, you know, we think that, that good people who do things right shouldn't have to suffer, right? That if we if we do all the good things, then then we don't get bad come down on us. Is that how life is? Do we turn to our addictions because we don't know how to handle the stresses and pains of life? And that's really part of the big idea of season two. That you know, we're moving through time, right? Time isn't static. There's joys and there's you know there's different seasons in life under the sun, right? As we live here, every day isn't the same. And through our identity, through who we are, we handle the stresses and trials of life. We're moving on into time and, and how we deal with that has everything to do with, you know, what we reach for to cope. Because we're all going to reach for something, man. We're all tethered in some way to something. Every one of us is true freedom you know i hear these people talk about i just do what i feel like doing all the time okay well then you're tethered to your feelings and that's a prison that's the truth if you just feel like you do what you feel all the time you're gonna hurt people right you're gonna have a tough time in life maybe you're there maybe you're there where you're starting to realize that maybe i'm just tethered to my feelings what i feel like doing feels like prison when you put it that way Russ I know I know I say this because I have been there I get it so and Jesus felt some of the stuff we feel right that's the point of that scripture Hebrews God walked in some of that Jesus wasn't like attractive physically that was one that surprised me 
Isaiah 53 talks about this, you know, that he didn't have any beauty or, or, you know, anything physically attractive about him that we might desire him in that way. I remember when my daughter was in high school, and this is when the Passion of the Christ movie came out, you know, and I was driving my daughter to high school and we turned on the, you know, AM or the FM rock station, you know, and they have the two DJs that are usually talking in the morning, right? And, and one of them's a gal and, and she's talking about how the Passion of the Christ movie is pretty big at this point, you know, it's, it's making money in the box office. And, and she's talking about how she went and saw the movie and she said how hot Jesus was, you know she's like jesus is so hot because uh, the actor that played jesus right no jesus wasn't hot all right jesus wasn't this great looking dude for all we know he could have looked like george costanza from from seinfeld you know he wasn't he wasn't hot he didn't you know if you, you ever felt like that he felt ugly you know People overlook you because you're not good looking. And this is social psychology. There's a lot of studies done about this. Like prisoners, people that go to court and are better looking get better sentences. Did you know that? Court, um, people sentencing, right, criminals to be punished by the state have leniency if they, if they look good, if they're sharp looking. People tend to get the job if they're physically attractive than if they're not. All right. Jesus wasn't hot. All right. Jesus walked in, in that uh, throughout his life. There's this, there's this picture in, in the book of, uh, in, in John where, where Jesus is, is trying to almost get, just get some rest from people, right? Because he's, they're after him. They're, they want it. They want from him. And, and he actually says that uh, John six twenty six. you know, why are you looking for me? Jesus says, do you just, do you just want to get stuff from me? Do you, do you want to know me? Or you just want more bread, right? You just want me to make make more bread magically so that you can eat, you know? Are you here to get? Or do you want to know me? And that's the one of the miracles of this 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 God that we worship, this God that surrounds us every day with his work, you know? That's part of that last show. I talked about gratitude and and how much, yeah, there is a lot of pain and difficulty in life, but there are, is a lot of stuff that to be grateful for and that God surrounds us every day with beauties and, and stuff that we enjoy. And it, it's, it's his work, right? Like he made that stuff because he loves us and he wants to reveal himself to us. He wants to reveal himself to us. And that's really what I wanted to talk about today in this this good Friday Easter kind of stuff that I got, I got on my heart that I want to spill out, you know, I want to talk to you guys about. I really wanted to focus in on Hebrews four, um, starting in verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession for we do not have a great high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may have mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Right? Find grace to help in the time of need. Let us draw near 
to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And that's the big idea, that we don't have an unsympathetic high priest, right? That God walked in this. A lot of the stuff that we suffer through, a lot of the anxieties that we face, God walked in some of that. Feeling betrayed, feeling having friends let us down, close friends. Jesus knows that. You know, Peter's like this, I'm going to save you. You know, everything's going to be all right, Jesus. I'm going to be there for you. And Jesus is looking at him going, dude, by the end of this whole thing, you're going to deny me three times, you know. Jesus knew it was going to be bad. It was going to go bad. And he goes to this garden and he prays. He prays this prayer. And I thought this was awesome too. Part of the character of Jesus, you know. He, he's not just... Uh, some of the religious people portray Jesus as this, you know, like he's faking it. Like he's Clark Kent, you know. And he rips open the magic, you know. He rips open his his robe and he's got the big J on his chest, you know. And he's the superhero like Neo in the Matrix, you know. Something like that. no. Right, Jesus suffers and he and he has anxiety. I've heard religious people say that too. Well, it's a sin to have anxiety. I think it's a sin to stay in anxiety, but it's not a sin to have anxiety. We all go through stresses, and those stresses create anxieties, right? But Jesus in uh, Matthew twenty six um, is so incredibly full of, of stress and anxiety and sorrow, right? He says this, my soul is so very sorrowful even to death. The Bible records that Jesus was so full of anxiety that he actually sweat blood. Like this is actual real medical condition. It's very, very rare, but when people are going through very tough situations, they can actually sweat blood. There's reports of people's hair like turning a different color because of anxiety or stress. Physical manifestations of what's going on in the heart, right? Remain here and watch with me, he tells his friends, right? His disciples, these, these close friends, and, and they all fall asleep, right? He goes to pray and they all fall asleep. Will no one, you know, be with me in this time of need? Will no one be with me? Will someone, I feel so lonely. And Jesus is just, you know, he's praying to God. He's got God the Father, right? But he feels this this disappointment in his friends, you know. He goes to pray and he says this. He says, um, this is verse 39, Matthew 26. He says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as, not as I will, but your will, right? Not my will be done, but your will. He falls on his face before this happens too. That's an important part of this verse. He, he goes a little farther. He falls down. Like he's so incredibly emotionally stressed out and full of anxiety. He actually, he, he can't even balance himself out. He just falls on his face and he's like, Lord, please, you know. If this thing, if, if this <laughs> this cup could pass for me, that would be great. If I didn't have to go through this, man, that would be awesome. If there's another way, man. But then he ends it with, he solves it with, but not my will, but your will be done, right? You move on into Good Friday, and at this point, um, 
the way a lot of people solve the, the, the dissonance of, of Jesus talking about I'm bringing the kingdom was kind of a, a surface level type of thing, right? Like they thought that he's going to, you know, be a new king and he's going to rule differently and they're going to have like utopia, you know? He's just going to solve everybody's problems for them and that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about a, a deeper kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. The, the fact that we will die, we will end our lives one day. And there's another, the kingdom of heaven. And bringing that, not just when we're dead and we go there, but, but bringing some of, of that to this earth as we live. And that's what Jesus was pointing out what kept talking about kept talking about with the, with the pharisees the the rule counters right the guys who said you have to do all these religious things and you have to you know light all these candles and you have to obey all these rules to the t or else you know that was their message and jesus said in he said things like uh i have a new commandment for you that you would love God and you would love each other and they killed him for it you know I mean that's that's what Good Friday is it's it's a horrible tragic day in in the history of mankind you know but that that song reminds me of uh, scripture it reminds me of uh, Hebrews there's a, a verse in there that talks about how uh, it's, it's Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then draw near to the throne of grace with confidence, right? With confidence. We can draw near to him that we may receive grace and mercy in our time of need. Because of what happened that day, we can draw near to God. We can run to Him instead of from Him. We don't have to believe the lies, the, the accusations, like the book of Revelation calls the, the devil the accuser of the brethren. And, and I was studying this uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a kind of... <laughs> psychological uh, system, the, the new psychology of being mindful of, of where you're at. And they were talking about this. It, it reminded me of that verse, and it reminded me of what's true and what's real. And, and they were talking about how somebody who suffers from depression or, you know, mania or anxiety has accusatory thoughts, Right. That is that verse, man. That is that verse in Revelations. That the devil has been thrown down. He he lost that day on Good Friday. And and that song, you know, Jesus Jesus relates, you know. Thirty pieces of silver Jesus is sold for, right? His buddy Judas who who hung with him. He's one of the twelve, right? You ever been betrayed? You ever had somebody close to you who you thought uh, thought you knew them and, and ended up you didn't and they and they hurt you badly? 
Jesus says that. He's like, you know, you betray me with a kiss? Like, seriously? Um, Jesus knew how that felt, right? Like, he walked in some of that. So, he's arrested, and uh, he's, he's brought before, you know, Pilate and... and sentenced basically this is an illegal system they could find no fault with him but because the crowd was big and because the religious people had a good following of their own and they're saying crucify him crucify him you know the the big political guy of their day so, you know even though he could find no fault with him he just handed him over to the crowd because he didn't want to you know didn't want to be unpopular with that group Right? So they arrest Jesus and they, they strap him to uh, like a, the, this is like a bench kind of thing, but it, he's sitting up, you know, and they tie his hands together and they have like this, this cat of nine tails and they, and they start beating him with it. All right. This isn't, this isn't just any other person, you know, this is Jesus. This is, a, the word became flesh and walked among us. And, and they have his shirt off and they strap him down and they are whipping him with this. It's not just a whip, but at the end it has barbs on it where it like rips the flesh off the person. You know, this was torture. And there's two guys doing it because one guy will get tired and then the other guy needs to, to step in and, and keep doing this, right? So they beat him for probably a good hour. I I don't know. And he's just blood everywhere. Chunks of his back are missing. And they and they put a, a crossbar. This was crucifixion, alright? This is how they executed people back in the day, right? Back in biblical times, back in the first century. This is how they they it was it was like state sponsored terrorism our pastor was talking about you know that's what it was they would crucify people in public and they would have the people they crucified like in the town square where you could see them it takes courage to to get up and walk right took jesus courage to keep getting up and walking when he was being beaten when he was crucified right when he was going through the, these things in the film the passion of the christ this is something that's not in the bible but you know while jesus is walking there's this weird looking kind of demonic creature holding this freaky baby thing you know looking at him through the crowd and and it's kind of cool imagery even though that's not in the bible but you imagine the things the voices that were being told to jesus right you go back to to luke chapter three where jesus is being tempted and the devil's like, you really going to die for these people? You know, you think Jesus walked in some of that? Some of those voices tempting him like these people, you're going to do all this for these people who mock you, spit on you, beat you. You're going to go to the cross for them. Jesus, seriously. The devil's like, I'll give you a nice cushy house, and a beachfront property, a mansion, no, Jesus still goes to the cross. So Jesus is uh, 
he's given this big like railroad tie if you could picture that and, and they put it on his shoulder and they expect him to carry this to the point where he's going to be crucified and he's that song you know again he's like dragging the limp he's trying to carry that he and he and at one point he trips and falls and, and it falls on him and kind of smashes his chest our pastor was talking about how it's like a car accident you know this probably broke his ribs and, and damaged his heart sack you know and and he couldn't carry it all the way right he's 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 beaten been beaten for hours when they arrested him the soldiers uh, gang started beating him just uh, like five guys at that point just start beating him up he's given this crown of thorns and they shove it on his head and there's blood rushing down his head as he's trying to carry this thing right you ever felt like that you ever felt like you had a big load you couldn't carry jesus walked in some of that right you don't think Jesus knows how that feels? You don't think God knows how that feels? So he's taken to his point of execution and they they put him on the cross and they nail his hands and feet through the most sensitive nerve centers. Right? Some of the most sensitive nerve centers on the human body, they take a nail and they drive it through his hand and his other hand. And they take both of his feet and they drive one nail through both of his feet. And they stick him on the cross and they push that cross up and it, boom, falls down into this hole. And his whole body shakes. There's records of, of people who were crucified where they would put their like a block or something up under their butt right to hold them up so that they wouldn't asphyxiate right they wouldn't uh, stop breathing because of the the ribs being broken and and just the weight of their body like they would hold them up so they would it would take them longer to die there's even records of of they would take the man's penis and they would drive a nail through it as another way to hold his body up there's no record of that with Jesus, but I mean, it's just a horrific way of, of executing people. But Jesus was probably naked right there in front of everyone bleeding and dying. And he's still compassionate, man. He's still going, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing. You know, on the cross, beaten, bloodied dragon just barely able to breathe every every next breath is laborious and he's saying father forgive them it's a thief on the cross next to him you know and he says you know this guy's just crying out and hey you know tonight you'll be with me in heaven this is this was the heart of of jesus even in that moment He cries out, why have you forsaken me, right? Feeling that? That's a, a direct quote of Psalm 22. This is another prophecy uh, that David talks about. 
And Jesus, you know, you ever felt like that? You ever felt forsaken? Jesus walked in some of that, right? God in human flesh. Throughout the show, I've said this a lot, that, uh, you know, I don't want you to follow me. I want you to follow Jesus, right? Like, yeah, I've done some things. I've overcome a pretty horrible addiction, you know? I mean, sexual addiction is, what, four times tougher to kick than heroin, some experts say. Um, Not to mention the chemical addiction and alcoholism of the past. But really, this is not about me. This wasn't about me. It was about Jesus, what he's doing in my life. I want you to follow him. If there's a big neon sign flashing, pointing in a direction that I'm holding, it's pointing to Jesus. I want you to see, understand, get Jesus. Because he loves you. God loves you. God had you on his mind. Don't believe lies, right? Romans 5, 8, even in your sin, in the disgusting running full bore towards sin, God said, I take him right there. Redeem her. I'm going to go to the cross for him or her right there, right now. All right, don't believe that that's not for you. Don't believe that your sin is so varsity that, you know, you can't be forgiven. That's a lie. Don't believe the lies, man. It's just not true. Jesus forgives. There's nothing that you have done that that the bloody, blood-splattered cross of Christ doesn't cover. And that's the truth, man. you got to knock out the lies. A lie does not have to be true to have an impact. It simply has to be believed. The gospel's true. It's good news and it's true news. I was reading the book of Revelations and, and there's points in the book where a seal is broken, right? You get a letter and it's sealed in an envelope and and you know that there's news in that letter, but you don't know what's in your hand until you break the seal and you know what's happening, right? That that news is revealed to you. This is the book of Revelations. It's a a revelation when, when each seal is broken. Life is like that. There's times in life where, you know, there's good things and there's bad things and there's suffering things. There's times when something hurts really, like some seal is broken and something's revealed to you and there's a way that we're going to choose to deal with that revelation isn't there and again i just wanted to do this show and and remind you of that word revelation and that what happens in life the sufferings of this world god doesn't promise to just solve all our problems but he does show us how to suffer well how to do it in a way that that is graceful that that is loving towards the the people around you who may be suffering as well and we're not perfect and we're gonna mess up we're not gonna do it perfectly we're not gonna do it well but we can run back to god because of what jesus did we can approach the throne of a holy pure perfect god with confidence because of the debt that Jesus paid. And that's true, all right? 
That's true. The creator of the universe that had you on his mind, that made you, that your purpose for being here at this point in time in your life is not an accident. You're not some accident. You're here at this point in time for a reason. And God had you on his mind on the cross that day so very long ago. Suffering, dying, coughing, choking on his own blood. At one point, our pastor brought this up too. There was archaeologists was talking about these ancient toilets where they had these, you know, running water and people would sit on these benches. There's running water underneath and people would use the bathroom there. And they would have servants who would, uh, they had like a stick and they would a sponge on the end and they would use this stick to, to clean people, right? Like ancient toilet paper. There's this point where, where you know, it, if you read it in some of the gospels, it almost sounds like the, the soldier is being, you know, merciful towards Jesus and giving him a little drink of water or wine. No, it, it was a toilet brush that was shoved up in his mouth. The archaeologists said that they would use like old wine and vinegar to, you know, as an antiseptic to clean the sponge so the people didn't get sick when they were wiping their butt with a sponge and they shoved that thing in the mouth of God. All right, this is horrific torture on the cross. You ever have somebody close to you or you ever know somebody who, who somebody in their family or somebody in their unit, right? And you think of a military unit where somebody goes bad and then they blame the leader, right? You hear this in business. You hear this in the military world. You're responsible for that guy beneath you. Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. All right. Do you think that, that Jesus wasn't a, a good person? guy to be around. I mean, you know, Judas had a pretty good resume, right? Hung out with Jesus. Hung out with Peter, John. Yet what was in his heart was dark and evil and he chose to do evil. The darkening of his heart, right? The Bible says. Jesus felt that, you know? Jesus wept. His friends died. He, he hurt. He's, he's not unsympathetic to your issues and your problems and your struggles and even your addictions. Jesus wasn't addicted. Jesus didn't sin. But he knows what it's like to drag a limp like that song says. And I pray that just, man, you think of that this week, that as those seals are broken in your life and that things are revealed to you, that you remember that the cross of Christ makes it possible for you to approach God with confidence. Because it's not about what you do. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how many candles you light and how many prayers you say and how many scriptures you have memorized. But it's about what God did for you on that cross. And that he wants that relationship with you. He wants you to come to him when those seals are opened. When things are revealed to you that may be painful, or even the good things, right? The big things that happen. It's still heat. And it still has, you know, 
It's, it's a weight on your spirit. I love you guys. I'm just thinking about you on Good Friday, and I'm thinking about this message of the, the show that I, I do, this thing, you know, and it's, I don't know who's hearing my voice right now. I just pray that you, you get it, all right? It takes a tremendous amount of courage to, to build that relationship, to keep building that strong relationship with God because of all the voices of doubt, all the voices of bitterness, all the voices of I should get mine, right? We keep walking towards, we keep walking toward that warm heater that God's got on in the cabin while we're standing out in the cold, right? We keep walking towards him. It takes faith. It takes courage. It is something that you will have to do. But listen, even the faith to believe that is a gift to you, to a loving God who's on your team. He's on your side. He loves you and wants you to be defined by faith, love, hope, charity, right? Giving before getting heart level flowing out, right? Not hoarding. Romans 5, 8, again, God demonstrates his love. This is a demonstration of his love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Faith is the assurance of things not seen. It is kicking out the cold existentialism in your heart, in your mind, and understanding there is purpose and meaning, and that we can walk in love. You remember... That God does love you. But it's not about religion. It's about what Jesus did and not what you do. Right? And because of that, we can live a new life. We can be renewed from the inside out. And we can handle the stresses of life. The The seals opened. And, and that big stress wave comes. See, we're tempted to believe lies. When a seal is open to us, when a revelation is open to us, you know, stress comes in, right? And, and we're tempted. We're tempted to, to distrust, to disbelieve, you know? Did Jesus walk in some of that? You know, I mean, that's part of the looking at the, the story of the cross and in this this Good Friday story, you know, where he's going to the cross, where he's suffering for the sins of the world. There's a there's a book um, in the Apocrypha and some of the Catholics still adhere to the first and second Maccabees, I believe it's called. And the Maccabees were were this uh, Christians who were martyred, right? Like a group of them were martyred and and as they're being tied up and, and going to their execution, they're smiling, right? They're smiling and they're looking at people, you know, and they're going, hey, Jesus loves you, you know, God loves you. And they're smiling and they're going to be executed. That, that's not the story that, that we hear about in, in like John 19, right? And the, it, Jesus going to the cross, this is painful, hard for for Jesus to do. I think he's felt how you feel sometimes. I think he's felt how you feel when when 
this news comes that, that something tough is going to happen and, and you're going through it and you're tempted to believe a lie. But what does Jesus say? Father, my spirit I, I give to you. I commend my spirit to you. And then he says it is finished. And that's an important part because the religious people will say that you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And oh, Jesus went and he, and there's another part of the, an apocrypha, you know, where, where Jesus goes to hell and he gets the keys from the devil and he conquers hell and he whoops the devil's butt and right, like, like hell needs keys. I don't know, man, I don't know about that one. It's not in the Bible. Jesus gets the, the keys from hell. It's, no, he says on the cross, it is finished. It is finished. The debt has been paid. It's not about what you and I do to gain favor with God. It's not about that at all. God already favors us. And that's why Jesus paid the debt. And that's why he yelled, it is finished. That's the truth. It's, it's seeing, you know, being mindful uh, of these temptations when we're going through the stresses in life and then saying what's true and what's a lie, that, that, that lie voice that's coming into me, that's tempting me to disbelieve, to distrust, to not walk towards God, but walk away from him. No, we need to run to him. And because of him, and because we get to run to him, we get to seek refuge in him, like Psalm 34 says, right? Blessed are those who run to him for refuge. He does love you. He is God in human flesh. And he demonstrates his love by pouring it all out for us. Sunday is Easter, people. It's a time of that Jesus said who he said he was, his authority is proven right. The historical evidence of that is huge. Well, maybe they didn't kill him. On the cross, a soldier sticks a spear up underneath his ribcage, punctures his heart sack, water and blood come spilling out. All right, you don't survive something like that. That part is recorded a lot, and so is his resurrection, and that is true and real. You can't deny that. Even Dan Brown called his book Da Vinci Code a novel because if you try and say that they didn't kill him, you would be laughed out of the intellectual community as a historian, and that's true. All right? Jesus is real. And this time of year, the dead things of the winter are starting to get green on them, right? Things are coming back to life. Things are, birds are chirping and, and it's, life is being renewed. And there is a new way we can deal with the stresses and the seals being opened in our lives. By seeking refuge in him. By running to God instead of from him and realizing it's not about religion. It's about what Jesus did, not about what I do. And I can run to him in relationship like that Psalm, Psalm 34, you know. Blessed are those who, who seek refuge in him, right? They're, they're radiant, that, that song, I love that tune, you know. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. I will cry out, I will call out. Jesus is who he says he is. God did become a man, 
right? Entered time and space. And he had you on his mind. And he does love you. I want to end the show with another song by Affliction Asylum. It's called Sculpting. And, you know, I was thinking about this, listening to psychologists and, and these guys talk about trying to sculpt ourselves, you know, like this self-help kind of movement that still keeps chugging along. You know, I'm thinking like this lump of clay sitting there trying to trying to mold itself and then keep getting uh, wobbling off and falling on the floor, you know. We get life, and that's part of this solving that stress, solving that seal being opened, running to God instead of from Him, right? He's the refuge. Psalm 34, blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him, right? They'll never be covered in shame with that attitude, you know? Let the afflicted hear and rejoice, crying out to God, thanking him, right? Running to him instead of from him. That's what this message of the gospel proves. Easter, right? Springtime, new life. That's real. Love you guys. I'm going to end the show right there. I'm going to leave it with this tune, again, by Affliction Asylum. All that stuff will be on the website, asi247.org. My name is Russ. asi247.org is the email address. Till next time, bye. You bend me, you break me, you tear me down and make me weak. You mend me, you make me everything that I can be. Save you. There is a God.